Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we got some cool stuff going on. Um, Hopefully you are digging all the stuff that we've been putting out in theme of the fitness tip. Uh, Based on what we did last time with Brian the Barbarian, we wanted to keep that going. So we've got a really cool guest sitting with us today, but we also have the other massage therapist who holds the microphone. Her name is Amanda Cook. Hi, everyone. It's I Amanda. I, I just stole it from you again. You did. You I'm, did. Uh, That's all right. You can introduce me. Uh, it's Amanda, registered massage therapist here in Toronto as well. And as Mark said, we're sort of staying with the theme of fitness today. I'm sitting here with uh, Mark and Fallon McLean. Um, Fallon has done some competitive... Uh, uh, or some fitness competitions in the past. I think the last one was five years ago, almost to the date. Almost. Almost. Um, so in 2013, uh, she was in the Ontario uh, Physique Association. She competed for Inside Fitness Magazine and as well with the Canadian Bodybuilding Federation. Uh, so she's going to talk to us today a little bit about her experience. Um, when we had Brian here, you know, he talked about some of the behind the scenes stuff, but I thought we should talk to somebody who has lived it and um, enter Fallon. So thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I was really excited to come and talk to you guys about this. It's been, as you said, almost five years. I mm-hmm. can't believe how fast that time has gone. Um, okay, I guess I should start with why I got into competitive fitness. And what triggered me was I was 27, I'd had a baby and my body had completely changed. And I used to be very, very active when I was younger and always very slim, mm-hmm. you know, very toned. So seeing the toll that motherhood took on my body, I decided that I wanted to get a trainer. So I started following a bunch of people, researching a bunch of people, and I found one that I really liked, and she was a competitive athlete as well, Um, but she was competing with a completely different organization at the time. So I joined her gym, signed up with her, was working out with her four days a week um, for almost a year. So I saw her go through a few different shows over the course of that time. Mm -hmm. And she kept asking me, like, why don't you compete? You've got a really unique look. You know, you'd present really well on stage. You should think about it, blah, blah, blah. And I don't like committing to something unless I know I can really commit to something. So I spent that year, like, really thinking about it and just going through my workouts with her. And after about a year, I thought, you know what? I work really well under pressure. So if I give myself a crazy goal, I will kill myself to get there. So I thought this could be that goal that will push me the rest of the way. Because even though I was working out four days a week, I wasn't seeing the kind of changes in my body that I wanted to see. I was getting stronger. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit slimmer. Um, But I really wanted to get to like that package that especially that I was seeing with her I was like wow your body's amazing what do I have to do to get there that's that is the biggest question that's what Fallon and I talked about uh, when she came in here today was the misconception that people have when they see a physique competitor on stage Mm -hmm. and they think well if I work out really hard and I change my eating I can look like that there's a lot more that goes into looking so like that. <laughs> so wait, so wait, so wait, so wait. Just so I'm I'm on board here. Had a baby. Mm-hmm. Were you a, an, an avid workout person before the baby? Before 
I used to do a lot of sports. I did do weight training when I was in high school, mm -hmm. but it was like part of my gym course. Okay. Um, after that, not so much. I would go dancing a lot, and I always joke that dancing is my cardio. I go mm -hmm. salsa dancing because I kid you not, one night of salsa dancing, you will feel muscles you didn't even know you had. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to feel those muscles. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, so... But I noticed like after having a baby, your, your body changes so much and it stops responding the way that it did prior. Right. And I thought, you know, I'm 26. I'm too young to feel like this insecure about my body. And I used to be really shy, really, really introverted. And I'm the kind of person where if I'm afraid of something, I like to tackle it head on and I'll throw myself in the deep end to overcome it. So when I was in high school, I couldn't look people in the eye. I couldn't do public speaking. So I signed up for drama and I forced myself to have to confront it over and over and over. So after having the baby and feeling insecure about, about my body, I thought, well, if I can do this, if I can walk on a stage in this tiny blingy bikini mm -hmm. and be judged for it, I can do anything. And it was absolutely terrifying. But yeah, so that was about January of 2013. So she was, you know, happy that I was on board and we sat down, we discussed what my routine was going to look like, what my diet plan was going to look like. And I was kind of like in that moment, do I really want to do this? What like, did I get myself insane? into? <laughs> because it went from working out four days a week to seven days a week. Right. And that's, it's a huge jump. I think what a lot of people don't understand is when you are building your body to do shows, it changes your workouts dramatically. Absolutely. You're no longer, you know, just going to the gym to lift weights, to increase your muscle mass, to increase your metabolic rate, and to help you with weight control and do some cardio for your, your cardiovascular system so your for your heart and lungs it it changes it around to be such a methodical type of thing now we're talking about macro cycles and micro cycles and different stages of training you know the hypertrophy stage and the cutting yep. stage and the competition the pre-competition the competition stage it's a whole other ball game yeah and it's constantly evolving all throughout the course of your prep like the closer you get to your show the more intense things get right so my first show that was definitely like a shock to my system to go from four you know four days a week maybe 45 minute sessions to all of a sudden now working out seven days a week I think we started at about an hour and a half so like an hour of weights and a half hour of cardio every day and the weights itself like they push you hard because you have to now try to burn fat but build muscle quickly especially right. for your first show you mm -hmm. may not have you know, the right percentage of muscle to fill out on stage because once you've shed all that fat, it's essential to have the muscles in place to to give the look and the definition. If you don't have that built up yet, you start really, really, really hard. And that's usually when your diet's like the most flexible because you have to build quickly, but mm -hmm. you still have to be aware of like, you're building muscle, but we got to shed this fat too. And there's not a lot of time to do it. So what was your weight when you first decided your, your your body weight in pounds when you first decided that i'm going to do a fitness show or i'm going to get into this and do you remember what your body fat percentage was before you started i think i was at about 135 pounds and i was at least 18 to 20 percent body fat at and, least and what were these uh at competition at competition i got down to 12 and I can't remember what my weight, I think it was like 110, 112. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, I, I shrunk right up. Like my wedding rings, 
Uh, I lost so much weight that I could actually wear my wedding rings on my middle finger. Like they just would slip right off my hands. And that happened like maybe five weeks out from my show. And I got so lean, like I was chronically cold. And my first show was taking place in May. So I should not like have been walking out in the sun and feeling cold, but it's because I was losing all this body fat. And what I didn't realize though, is how important diet is to achieve results. And that's mm -hmm. what competition prep taught me. Right. And that's why I guess I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see before working out four days a week, because we're kind of led to believe that it's the workouts that will produce results. It's really the diet, mm -hmm. the workouts like get you the, like the rest of the way, but 70, 80% of it is what you're eating and how you're eating more importantly. And that was sort of, um, at least for me, my motivation in having um, having these podcasts that are talking about this is because I think, as you said, a lot of people think, well, I'm working out. Why am I not getting results? I'm doing all of this. Why am I not getting results? It's a science. Yeah. Diet is hugely important to see results when it Abs comes to your absolutely. body. Absolutely. Like there's no way I would have been able to compete if I was not on board with the diet. Can you give us an idea of what your diet consisted of during this prep? Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't too bad. We were doing a lot of um, rotating of carbs. So for like two or three days a week, I'd have some kind of lean protein with um, brown rice, potato, like sweet potatoes. I think that was pretty much it, actually, brown rice or sweet potatoes. <laughs> and then on Yum. the other day, it would be a protein and vegetables, preferably like leafy greens. So like kale was probably like my go-to because it was the thing that I could buy the most of, cook really easily. And yeah, it was just like, that was like my, my number one go-to. Breakfast was always six egg whites and a cup of oatmeal cooked only in water. There was no sugar of any kind, like no fruit, no honey. Um, I could use stevia, but honestly, I hate the taste of like aspartame. Even though it's like a natural sweetener, it still has that kind of weird, not really sugar. It doesn't taste like it. sugar. It doesn't taste it's like sugar. It's not sugar. <laughs> it, do it just doesn't work. So I wound up just not using any kind of um, sugar supplement at all. So basically just boil water, toss in the oats, stir until cooked, eat that with your egg whites and not much else. And that then transitioned to cutting out all starchy carbs, so like no potatoes, no rice, just like tilapia, chicken, egg whites. Those were my proteins that I was allowed with, you know, vegetables. And it was a very limited range of vegetables too. Like I wasn't having tomatoes. I wasn't having uh, carrots because again carrots are high in sugar and then I had to avoid certain greens because they can have like a bloating effect or like right. a very you know lethargic kind of effect so I was pretty much just living on chicken tilapia kale predominantly for like three months did you hate it or wow. you just got used to it I didn't mind I actually really liked tilapia so I never really got sick of it I didn't really get sick of kale I hate cannot emphasize how much I hate egg whites <laughs> especially when they're on their own because for me the yolk is the best part and now you're depriving me of the yolk and I've got to suffer through like these really like congealed egg whites but I got really creative with with making them and I learned how to fry egg whites okay. so I, I felt like eating a fried egg but you know missing the best part um and then right up to the show then we started stripping out even the vegetable carbs like rotating a little bit so I'd I'd cut down out of my six meals, I think during the day, I'd only have two with any kind of carbs. And then I started incorporating like uh, 
tablespoon of peanut butter, which you'd be surprised how much an actual tablespoon of peanut butter actually is versus mm -hmm. like that heaping tablespoon that you want to have. Oh yeah, my tablespoon of peanut butter is not a tablespoon of peanut butter, and I'm sure. And I don't sure. know if it's because like I was getting so lean, but peanut butter, like natural peanut butter became my crack. It got me through my workouts. Like that was mm -hmm. like my reward at the end of the day. I was like, I get my tablespoon of peanut butter and I was so happy. I feel so sad for you right now. Dude, <laughs> dude it was like, it was so tragic and... The hardest part, too, is the people that you're around not understanding how crucial the diet is. Well, they think, they think you're life. being they think you're being excessive. Yeah. But it's not excessive. Or that it's, like it's it's not harmful to have like this one French fry. Right. I went out with some girlfriends. It was probably like my last night out. After that, I was like, okay, I can't go out clubbing anymore because I was so hangry in this club. I was just going to ask you, were you hungry? Oh my God. I was so hangry this one night. It was like midnight. And all I could think is there's a McDonald's across the street. And I, <laughs> I, I just, I need something and I'm starving. And I just couldn't have a good time. I couldn't get into it. But I made it through the whole night without drinking without running off to McDonald's but now I'm in my girlfriend's car and she's driving me home and she's like I'm hungry I gotta make a minute run to McDonald's and I'm like no 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 no, no, no. but she went and she ordered the french fries which are like the probably the only thing on a McDonald's menu outside of a McFlurry that I will touch mm -hmm. and she's waving this fry under my nose we're not friends anymore and <laughs> I don't want to say that's that's why but we didn't last much past that point oh my god but it was so hard and my husband he used to taunt me too with food I don't know how I didn't crack what was uh your calorie count at its lowest um you know what my trainers were a little old fashioned in the sense that we didn't count calories. We didn't count macros. So I honestly okay. have no idea what my calorie count was like. Based on how I was feeling, I'm pretty certain I was being underfed, especially compared to when I was talking to a lot of other competitors behind the scenes, like on show day. I remember meeting this one girl and she was self-trained and she was eating leading up to her show like within days of her show probably as much food as I was eating when I was starting my prep okay. and I was like how are you still like what starchy carbs <laughs> what are you talking about Did, were there any side effects I mean like any oh yeah any yeah telling me about some of the side effects from eating that way for how long a year uh almost a year almost I think year. I think I tapped at nine months after my third show and I was like okay, okay I can't do this anymore. what what happened to your body what were the negatives that came out of this my first show okay so on competition day all of a sudden, now you're allowed to have carbs again. So the day, like pretty much my entire day, I was eating uh, rice cakes covered in natural peanut butter and a drizzle of honey. And the idea is to give yourself a healthy fat, carbs that your body can absorb quickly, and then the honey for sugar for energy because mm -hmm. you're starting at like five o'clock in the morning. And bikini is the last category that will hit the stage in um, finals. So it could be anywhere from like 10, 11 o'clock at night before you're finally like done final judging okay. and you're wrapping up. So that's a long day when your body has, you know, been deprived, dehydrated. Like I was taking um, supplements to shed water and then I was cut off water 24 hours leading up to my show to try to like further dehydrate to thin the skin out. Right. So it's, it's a shock to the system. So by the time and then. The afternoon, I was actually allowed a proper meal, but it was like, again, portion control. So like, you know, white fish, very, very small amount of some kind of carb and healthy fat. And then right back to like the, the rice cakes and, and peanut butter and honey. So by the time I hit um, finals, like within maybe a half hour 
of going on stage, I started to crash and I felt shaky. I felt so nauseous that I actually thought I was going to be sick and not make it onto stage for finals. So my trainers like kind of tipped my head back and dumped a whole bunch of honey in my mouth. And that only made me feel like I was even going to like throw up even more because I was just not used to all this sugar Mm -hmm. overload. So I had to like go get fresh air and finally kind of like got myself to settle because, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, I just have to survive for a minute on that stage. And then this can all come up if it has to. So I made it through finals, left, went back to my room and my stomach was like cramping. And it was so like my um, my mom and my husband went out to go get me soup, like like pho, like a fresh broth. I'm like, don't give me anything else. Just give me a broth. But we were like out in London and I guess they don't have the most authentic places. So like the broth came back like darker than this desk. So, you know, it's not like legit. Pho. Oh. So I took a few, you know, spoonfuls of that and the salt was just so strong and I that was another thing I wasn't allowed to have was salt so my body's now like oh my god sugar and salt so I was like okay no I can't touch this it took about three days for that stomach cramping to go away and for me to be able to eat like or to even try to eat any kind of substantial quantity of anything and that's all I'd been looking forward to was like all the things I was going to eat after my show and I'm like why am I still eating plain tasteless crap and then my husband took me to this restaurant that I've been dying to go to on the third day when the cramping finally stopped and of course I'm eating everything I can get my hands Mm -hmm. on now and by the end of the meal I could feel like my stomach distending. Like I got so bloated. Oh my God. And so I went to the bathroom because I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I stood there in front of the mirror and I looked in the mirror and I looked like I was six months pregnant, but I was still so lean. So you could see my abs yeah. on the outside <laughs> of like this rounded belt. It looked like a turtle shell. And I was still like deeply tanned from like the 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 tanning. And I'm just like, what is happening? It was so <laughs> weird. But it was my body kind of, again, going into shock because it was right. like fat and cream and pasta and, you know, all like red meat. And then, of course, like I was tapping halfway through dinner, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm eating dessert. So I stopped eating dinner and I just ordered dessert. And now I'm having all this sugar and I stuffed myself. But it was like I was shocked by how much my body was reacting. And I realized like when you cut yourself off from these things for so long, it literally will go into shock Mm -hmm. after that. So after the whole experience, do you regret it? I don't regret the experience. What I do kind of regret is I should have picked better traders who were a little bit more current with their methods, especially their dieting methods, because um, they were a husband-wife team and he had met her by training her for her shows and she just was like whatever he says is golden and he'd been in the industry for over 20 years but he'd never updated anything so his methods were so antiquated well he got results but at at a cost at a cost cost. yeah like my third show um another thing with them too is they were so invested in you when they thought you were going to be number one the moment you didn't get number one, then it was like, mm, okay, we're going to move on to the next hopeful that we think will be our, our number one. Because for gyms, the more number one athletes they can push out, the better it makes them look. Of course, of course. So the fact that I got third, and it was partly because they didn't coach me properly, because I didn't understand that prejudging was where they actually 
determine who the winner is. I just thought this is prejudging. Finals is where you're going to be judged and scored. No, no, no. It's the other way around. So I wasn't smiling. I wasn't enough. I wasn't presenting myself enough because I was thinking finals is where it counts. Right. So I got third. Were they coaching anyone else while they were coaching you? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They had um, two other girls at the same time. I did get the better placement of the two other girls, but I wasn't number one. So I noticed a shift in priorities with them. Um, in between my two main shows, we did do something in July with Inside Fitness, and it was more like a cover model search. So I still trained for that one. I didn't have to push as hard because it's for a magazine, not a professional organization. So I could, I didn't have to come in as tight for that one, but the, the workouts were still consistent. The dieting was still pretty consistent. I just didn't go through like a peak week where we're like really ripping everything away and dehydrating and tanning right. And, right. and all of that stuff. My third show, um, that took place on in September, uh, September 14th, which just mm -hmm. passed actually. And that was like the nationals. So that was the big one. That was like the, where everybody had qualified at the provincial level. They now are going to go to the um, national level. And whoever would qualify from the nationals would then get to go on to IFBB, which is like what any professional athlete wants to get. Right. Like that's a major yep. designation because that's when you can start competing for money. And if you're going to okay. do this, like you want to get money. Exactly. So with that show, prepping for that show, I noticed they were very absent. They weren't really updating my meal plans or my workout plans. So my um, end results, which is that photo that I posted on Facebook, right. um, I got myself into that condition pretty much on my own. Um, so I, that's why I'm so proud of that show because I look at my physique in, in, at that stage and I thought, you know what? I know how much work I did behind the scenes on my own to get there without any real encouragement or involvement from them until we were like two weeks out and they're like, okay, you're not tight enough. And we've only got two weeks left. So we're going to up your cardio and we're going to rip away all your carbs. And the only protein you're allowed to have is egg whites. So for 10 days. Well, no I, wonder you hate egg whites. I literally, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Like I, I have PTSD like when it comes to egg whites. Because for 10 days, all six meals were six egg whites. So when you were kind of doing it on your own because they sort of abandoned you until the two-week period, were you still following kind of their format, their formula, or did you stray from what they I were? I did stray from it slightly um, because I remembered how hard my body crashed after the first show. So I thought, you know what, let me try to research things a little bit on my own. Gotcha. And that's when I started recognizing, like, I think I've put myself not in the best care mm -hmm. but at that point I was so close to my show that I thought I just have to stick this out I didn't work this hard for this long to just pull out completely right so when they came to me with the crazy idea of like I have to have you know all my meals are now only six egg whites six times a day with two tablespoons of peanut butter in between plus like like extended cardio I was working at, at this point now I was working out three times a day every day so I would wake up at like 4.30, go to the gym for five, put in my hour of cardio, run home, shower, change, go to work, barely get anything done at work because I'm so brain dead. Right. I take off for my lunch. We had like this nice open terrace on in this corporate building that nobody ever used. So I'd be outside doing plyometrics, you know, because it was middle of summer, running up and down stairs, anything to like get the heart rate up, just, mm -hmm. you know, get something and then go back to work. 
and then leave work and then go to the gym for an hour and a half, put in my, my weights and my cardio there, do posing with my coach, come home, make my meals for the next day, collapse into bed, rinse and repeat. So it was intense. But at that point, I was like, I, I'm going to do what it takes to get to the stage in the condition that I need to be in. Right. But um, at this point, I had started using Mio in my water because I was craving sugar. And I, mm -hmm. I think it was the energy. I was, I was just craving something. So I started using Mio in my water, but I didn't realize that you can actually overdose on aspartame and it will have effects. And those effects were I was um, getting doubling in my vision. Like things were oh. kind of like, I was seeing two of everything at one point and I was shaky. I just didn't feel centered. And I was telling my coach, like something's wrong here. I, I'm seeing two, my, my, like my eyes were skipping on everything. And her reaction was stop making excuses. You need to get this done. You need to commit. You need to come in today. You need to do this. And that's when I was like researching and researching and I realized like, oh crap, like I'm, I'm oh, cause there's nothing in my system, egg whites and aspartame. So my body was just like yep. absorbing all this aspartame and that was after like seven days of it so I was like, but yeah I mean we all know that aspartame is not good for us but I had no idea but I mean aspartame of course isn't good for anybody but if that's all that your body is, your is getting exactly then yeah you're that's why you're getting these side effects like a regular person like me having like you know a diet pepsi or something I'll be fine well exactly <laughs> well it's also because you're depriving yourself of, 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 of sugar yeah and then aspartame will still spike your insulin yep. levels yeah Right. So now your insulin levels are, 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 are spiked and, and now you're seeing the side effects of that. Yeah. And that's when I realized like, OK, I don't think I have the best possible care here because they weren't even willing to hear me out or entertain mm -hmm. that. I'm not just saying this because I don't want to do my, my third hour of cardio. Like I'm I'm legit experiencing problems. But after that, I was like, OK. And that's why I stopped competing after that show, because I was like, I, I can't put myself through this again and work with people that aren't willing to listen to me, support me and put my body through this. How did you do at that show? I, I did well, but I had nobody there to support me. Like none, my coaches didn't show up until finals, but I placed fifth. So my body wasn't as tight as my first show, but my presentation was much better because this time I knew what I was supposed to do. I'd gone through the process before. And even though I wasn't as like, I didn't have the six pack, like I still had my abs. I, I still leaned out. But um, I wasn't as tight as I was on my first show. I was proud of what I did. I was proud that I got myself there on my own. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I like behind the scenes that show day, like I look back on it and I have really great memories. It was a wonderful experience. I met amazing people back there. A few of the um, the sound technicians actually remembered me from my first show because my little sister was, um, she came to both. But at my first show, she screamed so damn loud, <laughs> like my number, that as soon as the guy saw me, he's like, you're number 72. <laughs> like, how do you know that? He's like, oh, because I remember your sister screaming for you. And he told the other guys, just wait, you're going to hear her sister when she goes on stage. Well, that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> so grueling, grueling prep that yeah. you had to go through. Wait, wait, I just want to, a couple more really quick before yeah, you, you jump off this, because I feel like you're going to jump off I'm this. I'm not going to jump off this. Any other supplements? I know, like, right before your show, you're using diuretics. What about, you know, any other time? What are we doing? No, they were super, super clean. So maybe I was just taking, like, regular multivitamins to try to, like, you know, supplement, like, my vitamin intake for the day. But right. we weren't doing any, like, fat burners or metabolism boosters okay. or anything of that nature. I did try um, 
what do they call them? Like those powders that you put in your drinks to like, you know, give you all that energy before a workout. Yeah, the pre, but again, they made me feel jittery right? and really wired. And I don't like feeling that way. So I didn't even bother with those. Okay. And uh, cardio, what was your cardio like really kind of close to your competition? Um, it was at least three hours of cardio a day. Um, and it had to be like high intensity. So either plyometrics yep. or running on a treadmill or yeah, I think those were, or Stairmaster. I got, I got real friendly with the Stairmaster. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Which is actually good for the glutes too. So it was kind of like doing double duty, but my yep. gosh, I've never rained so much sweat in my life. Yeah. I mean, this is, that's, that's a lot. You put your body through a lot for, like you said, the 60 seconds on stage, but I mean, totally worth it, right? Like something to be proud of. Um, would you ever do it again? I've thought about it. Um, I think with the right coaching, it would it would be a f like I I don't even think the prepping would be anywhere near as difficult if I had the right person to coach me. You know, somebody who actually really understands nutrition and how to modify it based on the individual, not a cardboard cutout. Right. Right. I feel like, um, yeah, like with with the right person in my corner, I think it would be fantastic to do it again especially now that i've had a second baby and i lost all that progress <laughs> you know i was like as soon as i finished that show two months later i was like oh, i'm pregnant <laughs> <laughs> i actually lost my period for um for like both both my yeah. shows yeah like leading up to it and i didn't even know that that could happen to you oh that's very yep, common. that's very common yeah and that's not just that's not just with fish Gymnasts shows. that's lose, that's yeah. for like any kind of uh, a female athlete well, yeah, that does that high lean. intensity workouts, yep. especially with high endurance type of stuff. So like females that are doing like triathlons and mm -hmm. things like that, that that's super, super common. Yeah. I had, like I had no idea until it happened. And I was like, and that's when I realized like how much messing with your body and its composition yep. can throw things out of whack. What is it called? It's, it's called a th uh, female, uh, triad. female triad. So what is it? It's anorexia, amenorrhea, and uh, I can't remember what the third thing is. I should probably look that up. I did a project on this good for me <laughs> it was like i don't know grade 11 i'm old now give me a break you know <laughs> if you don't have to remember it past high school forget yeah. it <laughs> you know what i want it i've always wanted to know um hair and makeup i know it oh sounds so God, goofy did, so did you did you do it yourself no 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 i because the thing is um especially with bikini especially it's about aesthetics overall like there's a real set criteria that you're expected to meet and like anything there's kind of a trend you know so there's certain things that the judges are tired of seeing and other things that you know will kind of give you a bit of a boost like what like when i was doing my first show they were starting to get tired of girls having like curled hair. They wanted more like straight and sleek. How do you, how do you know this information? Like, how do you know that? Your coaches kind of talk to the judges. Gotcha. Okay. Smooth them a little bit to say like. And you have naturally for? curly hair. I've got very curly hair, so I had to like straighten the hell out of my hair. Extensions. You have to get a spray tan. It's mandatory. And every like no two company is kind of the same. Like. There's, there's some companies who do really bad spray tanning and other companies that are known to do much better. Like there was, there was one um, that was coming into the organization and it, it was so tragic because they would actually spray the faces too, which you're not supposed to do. So it's like all of a sudden you see like these bright, bright white eyes and bright oh, white teeth no. and everything I'm, just looks like flat. I'm not laughing at I you. Know because no, I know because yeah. when you say spray tan, I can only think of Ross from Friends. I, I knew right, that's where that's you were exactly going. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly what actually would happen to some people <laughs> because they would go with like these other companies thinking like, oh, I'm saving a hundred bucks and you come out and the tan 
it, it, it obliterates you and that's it. You're like, you're not going to make first call outs because of the aesthetics, right? Yeah. So wait, okay. Talking about aesthetics, the competition you did was a bikini competition. Yeah. Uh, Brian the Barbarian started to explain to us the different levels. Can you sort of tell us what the differences are? Like what bikini versus, I think, physique you said was another one versus yeah. fitness. What are the differences? So bikini is, they call it the lesser category because you don't necessarily, to their mind, you don't have to work out as hard. You don't, well, you don't have, you don't have to be presenting as muscular. Yes. And that's, and that's the difference. Like I wouldn't like anybody who says bikini girls don't work out and don't lift heavy. I call bullshit. Mm -hmm. Come to the gym. I will show you how much yeah. I had to lift. It was insane. Just to get an ounce of difference. Like I have tremendous respect for figure and physique girls because for a woman to change your body to go in that direction, like I can't even fathom. Are figure and physique two different? They're very different. How so, are these different? See this, I'm learning. I don't know how these categories are different. Figure and physique sound the same to me. Physique is like if figure and bikini had a baby. Because the idea is you're still keeping a little bit of that aesthetic femininity, but now you're adding some bulk and some lay and, and, and some real striations that you're not going to see in bikini and you have to get much leaner, but not as lean as you do in figure. Figure is where it's like full on She-Hulk, like, like you're, you're really packing on that muscle and that's what girls tend to think they're going to look like if they lift weights. And it's like, no, 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 that's, no, 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 no. Yeah. If you were working out multiple times a day and lifting that heavy like and you probably, didn't bulk up like that. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, they must work out lifting weights six hours and then crazy, crazy carb loading because the diet too determines how your body's going to change. So if you're going to pack on that kind of muscle, you got to be eating a lot of food and the right kind of food to get there. Um, so those are the three categories. Uh, yeah, I, I have tremendous respect for those women. I just have one more question about the hair and makeup. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I know, I know. Does anyone like do it themselves or is it everyone's got professional stuff done? When you reach that point, you don't really want to leave it to chance. And also you're so okay. tired. I'm just curious. You're so tired. I don't know why I'm curious. Like <laughs> they, I think honestly, because you're waking up at like five o'clock in the morning to get yep. a touch up for your tan and then to get your hair and your makeup done. And I, I'm not a morning person waking up that early. I don't know how I did it for as long as I did as tired as I was on top of it and going to work. So I think, at that point, it's like you just kind of want to be pampered a little bit. Yeah. And it kind of gets tacked on to your tanning package. So gotcha. Pay the extra hundred bucks. Let somebody doll you up. Cherry Dolls was like perfection. Like she works magic. She made, she made us all look like we were alive. <laughs> and I'm so <laughs> happy. Know, instead I'm, of dying. <laughs> I'm so happy that you kind of, you're, you're saying like, hey, when you're there, you're so out of it. You're so, so run down. Tired. You're so oh. depleted. Like, so when you're in the audience and you're watching this, you are actually watching these athletes at their most run down unhealthy moments yep. oh my gosh yep. I, right? I had a, I had an emotional breakdown the day before my first competition I just finished my morning cardio and I'd taken two days off before my show from work so all I had to do was do my cardio and then come home and pack to go to London and I had just come back in through the door and my mom was there and my husband was there and I just like kind of stood in the doorway watching them in the kitchen and then I slunk over to the stairs and I plopped down and I just started crying because I was so tired and just so at that point like I just felt like I couldn't 
go another inch. I couldn't put, and I still had two more cardio sessions to look forward to. And can we remind everyone that this is post baby? You're still taking care of a child. Yeah. Through oh all of my this. God. Yeah. Like I would bring her to the gym with me, like, you know, cause it was like a family gym. It was a really small facility. So she'd be there while I was working out and, and she, you know, she was getting a kick out of it watching <laughs> me like die. But yeah, it was, it was intense. It was so, so, so intense. And I, and I just sat on the steps and I cried and you know, my husband kind of hugged me. And I'm just like, it's so hard. And he's like, you're almost there. That's good that he was really supportive. Because I he mean, was. I'm sure there were times where you were not the most pleasant human to be around during this period. You know, I think I was really, I'm the kind of person where I try to be so careful about not letting how I'm feeling affect others. That takes willpower. I Yeah. <laughs> especially one day, you know, I was like about halfway through prep. And he's like, my husband is notorious. Like he's, you know, six foot three Jamaican, has genetics of fucking Zeus sorry for swearing you're allowed to swear it's all right like he, you know he flexes his big toe and he's ripped and I hate him it's not fair <laughs> so he can eat whatever he wants and not really gain much of anything so it's like 10 o'clock at night I'm dead I'm starving and he's like I have a meat craving I'm gonna order KFC and he mm. orders this big bucket of KFC I, like cereals talking to me at this point like I did not trust myself in the kitchen and here he is eating this big bucket KFC and I probably gave him the stankest look and then I just kind of marched myself up to bed but I, you know KFC has this smell that permeates through everything mm -hmm. and yeah it's called heaven yeah <laughs> and I remember laying in bed like you love your husband you love your husband this is just a phase <laughs> like you know and I've only ever felt like that angry with him one other time and it was you know while I was breastfeeding our daughter and I was like I'm, I'm not gonna wake you up for, for night times but now I'm like so sleep deprived and I look at him he's snoring I just want to like kick him out of the bed <laughs> I relate we could have I relate yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I was actually really good about not losing my my shit with him it wasn't until like that moment when I find like that is when I broke and it was like more like me just crying rather than like ripping someone's head off uh backstage everyone nice everyone catty everyone Ooh, mean yeah you know anyone what? just a pure fucking asshole my first show I actually felt it was way more competitive. Um, I didn't do this intentionally for the sake of like, you know, messing with anyone psychologically, but I brought a robe and I was wearing my, my silk robe the entire time. I never took it off. What I didn't realize is a lot of the girls backstage like to use that opportunity to scope out their competition. So if you're covered, they're wondering, what are you hiding? What's under there? Oh. And it was messing with them. Yep. And they were getting so like, I was getting looks. And I was very aware of like people just kind of like looking at me in a way that like, what is going on with you? Like, show me your fucking package. <laughs> so I know I have a chance in hell of beating you. And I didn't really, like, I'd taken photos the night before, and it's so funny. I guess because, like, when it's your body, you're not really aware of the changes that are happening. And it wasn't until I was doing a check for, for my coaches, and it was, like, 11.30 at night. I just finished my cardio. I'm tired. Now I've got to put on this bikini and take a photo for them and try to look like I'm not dead. You know, and I basically just, like, told my husband, like, just take the photo. And I've got, like, this epic, like, resting bitch face going on. And he takes the photo and he's like, holy crap, babe, look. And he showed it to me and I had an eight pack. Like I was so tight and I've, I've never seen my abs look like that. And I don't think I ever will again because it didn't last long. But I was just like, holy. And that's when I realized like it all kind of came together. But mm -hmm. leading up into it, I just didn't feel like it was. But it was surprising to see in the, the last 48 hours how much I tightened up 
and and that's the science of peak week, right? Like yep. mm-hmm. if you don't time it, you'll miss exactly. that window. It's like we were talking about with Brian, like it is incredible when you think about what the human body can do. Like oh, that yeah. is crazy. Yeah. In 48 hours, you went from like in really, really good shape to but like, like now I see all holy the definition. Shit. Yeah. Like, like my skin thinned right out. Mm-hmm. Like I could see like some of the striations in my quads when I was moving. I was like, oh, I didn't know that muscle did that. And you know, like, yeah, it was, it was unreal. So when I went into the bathroom backstage and I took off my robe and I looked in the mirror and I was finally all done and I could see like everything come together. I was like, I did this. I really did this. And I was like, it was such a great feeling. That is really cool. Your inadvertent mind game, was anyone doing intentional mind games? Um, I think the only like when it comes to that, like just the girls who act really aloof, yeah. like that's like, you know, those are the ones you kind of want to avoid anyway because they're taking it way too damn seriously. Right. Like they're thinking like, if I'm not number one, I'm going to die. And it's like, no, you'll live. Like number <laughs> one is so subjective because it, at the end of the day, it's like, it's beauty pageant with abs. Like right. That's, right. that's really what it comes down to. And there's only so much you can do in the gym. The rest is going to come down to genetics. Some girls are just really blessed in the face and there's nothing you can do about that. And they'll always place better as a result. The color of your bikini can determine sometimes your placement too, because if it doesn't complement you just right and you're, you're ordering a custom made bikini that you're not seeing until it's done and it's on your body and you're not ordering that until like maybe a month before your show. So you're not really going to know, did I pick the right color combination, the right fasteners, you know, because it's got to have all this bling. And yeah. Right. Is this something that you pick out or your coaches pick out or you guys do together? Together. Like um, my coach had, you know, every coach will kind of have like their their roster of people that they'll go to, right. that they'll divert business to, because a lot of them tend to compete themselves. So they'll say like, yeah, this is the bikini place that I go to. This is the tanning place that I go to, you know, what have you. So she showed me her um, swimsuit company and I actually really liked their stuff because you can see some of them, they look really cheap and then others like look, wow, like they're works of art. Um, with this particular organization, they don't like really flashy like designs on your bikini. They want a lot of bling, yes, but they want it to be very simple right. in its in its concept, right? You got to wear like the stripper shoes, like the mm-hmm. clear, plain stripper shoes, because the idea is you want to lengthen the leg, but you don't want to draw eyes to your feet. Right. So that's why you have to go for the clear shoes because it it gives you, you know the shape that they want but it's not like oh my god why did she wear these hideous like neon pink shoes and it kills the aesthetic right whereas you know some other shows they maybe want you to get more flashy and they want you to get out there um so she showed me the company i looked through their stuff i picked out a color that i really liked and i showed her the fasteners that i really liked so the fasteners are like the bling that will connect the you know, the fabric on your hips and around your neck, it's just extra sparkle. And Mm -hmm. the whole bikini itself is literally encrusted with Swarovski crystals. And you can get them either in clear or AB where it's like slightly tinted and it may look almost multicolor. Most like the safest bet is to go with clear. This is all just like blowing my mind right now. This is like, there's so many facets to this. So on one hand, uh, the competitors yes you're athletes but you're athletes that are sort of like intentionally like draining every last ounce of energy out of yourselves by the time you get to competition as mark said 
we're seeing you at like sort of the worst Mm -hmm. stage where you are just you're done. You've got nothing left. And then on top of the athletics, exactly. (laughs) On top of the athletics, then there's like, yeah, the psychological component to it. And as you said, it's, it's aesthetics. So you could put in all this work and you could not place well based on something like the sparkles on your bikini. Mm -hmm. Like this is, or your hair is not sleek and straight and that's the trend right now. Or this girl just happens to have a cuter face, you know, like it's a subjectively it's so cuter subjective. face. <laughs> so, it, it's so subjective. It, and it's, it's really when it boils down to it, it's a beauty pageant. So that's why those girls who took it so serious were like, if I don't get number one, I'm going to die. It's like, if that's the way you're thinking about it, don't compete, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. compete because that is so beyond the sphere of your, of your control. Like you're going to drive yourself crazy mm-hmm. and, and really destroy your own, you know, inner self-confidence if if you are so dependent and reliant upon being number one and then getting overall because that what they do is they'll take the first place winners from all the different bikini classes and now you got to compete against each other to get overall mm-hmm. right you know so some girls it's like it's not even enough to get first they want that overall like three and a half foot high trophy which i'm thinking where are you gonna put that anyway (laughs) (laughs) give me a plaque or something something small minimalist you know email me a pdf (laughs) (laughs) exactly well this has been a lot more eye-opening than i even expected it to be i mean obviously i knew that a lot goes into this i knew this was a, a grueling um thing to put yourself through but um yeah this is this has been very interesting um is there any anything else that you would want people to know about this I mean we kind of ended on it sounds really terrible but overall you 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 had a good experience what I will say about this and why I'm so happy I did it is it really taught me what I could accomplish with just sheer mental willpower Mm -hmm. and I am aspiring to be a writer I'm trying to get published and um, a lot of what I learned about time management organization self-discipline and just really applying myself mentally to something, it's, it's, it's translated to so many er- other areas of my life that I will forever recommend it to somebody that is willing to go into it for the right reasons, just for that alone. Are you willing to tell people who you are as a writer, or are we not there yet? <laughs> um, I write under the pseudonym Fallon de Mornay. Okay. Yeah. So people you can find can me on find Wattpad. <laughs> See, this is what I love about this sport. And I tried to express this the last podcast with Brian and I totally fucked it up. It didn't come out <laughs> the way I intended. And the way I intended it was this. It is so one-on-one, right? I mean, you have your coach, everything else. And yes, to... It's yourself. It, you're competing against yourself. You're competing against yourself. But it's not just that. Like, if you think back to high school, there are just so many classifications of people, mm-hmm. right? You got your band geeks. You got your nerds. You got your jocks. You got this, you got that. But at the end of the day, we're all human. We all have this human capability, this 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 muscular capability, this athletic capability, mm-hmm. you know, because it's different than, you know, utilizing motor skills. Like so in other words, the geeky dude that that you you just didn't think was athletic at all has the potential to excel Absolutely. if they put in the work, right? Absolutely. The band geek that you would never think of in this light if they went down this path and understood the science behind training mm-hmm. and had the had the willpower to go through it, they can look a certain way. Absolutely. It, like, like that's that's what I tried to say last time, and it didn't come out like that. came out much more beautifully this time. Good know, job. I don't know if it's beautiful. <laughs> 
so this has been great thanks for sharing all this awesome information with us um i love the experience everything you had to say was so cool if anyone that is thinking about getting involved with this the training the competition are you cool if they reach out to you oh yeah totally right on tell 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 the masses how they can get a hold of you then. uh you can find me basically anywhere across social media as Fallon De Mornay, D-E-M-O-R-N-A-Y. And yeah, just reach out to me across DMs and I'll be happy to answer any questions you have. Right on. Sounds awesome. Thank you, Fallon. And thank you everybody for listening. You've been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. And that's all for tonight.